Speaking of space, um, the March event is coming up. Uh, I thought you would talk about that your uh, spacebar doesn't work or something like that. Well, probably it doesn't, but <laughs> I mean, whose who's spacebar does work nowadays? Um, no, I wanted to say that um, there's a March event coming up, most likely. And I was, I think we were talking about that we potentially will have a draft. Are you not guys, a draft. Not a draft. We're going to have a, what do we call this? Predictions. Uh, uh, predictions list. <laughs> um, yeah, our catchy name right if there. If anyone wants to hire us for naming things, <laughs> we're definitely open to that. Yeah. Yeah, our company is called Zach, Marlon, and Kai. <laughs> naming things. Um, no, we're called Moving Things because we're that we bad just... at names. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I think we're going to have to treat this a little bit differently to some of the past drafts because, like, you mean because we're not expecting anything yeah, exciting? Yeah, exactly. Um, and when I say draft, I <laughs> predictions. But I feel like, I think in the past, what we've done, 10 picks each, something like that? Or we've had like nine rounds, maybe? Yeah, something like we, that. Yeah, we did the 10. Yeah, are they even going to be that eight, many products? I don't think. <laughs> I think we should like have a number, maybe like five things. Limited to three? <laughs> <laughs> one thing each. Yeah, no. one, one pick. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think you're right. Five is probably a good number. Mm, it's um, probably too many, but it's okay. I'm not not excited, but I'm not excited. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like we sort of we sort of heard that it's not going to be any hardware, and I think many things will be related to things like uh, movie content or um, media content in general, and it's just not a huge difference compared to if someone like Netflix or... Um, Amazon would get the content deals. So yeah, it's but it's, it's different to me. Like a music event to me is really boring because mm -hmm. Apple won't have exclusive artists. Mm -hmm. You know, there won't be anything that's only there. It might be something that's timely exclusive, um, but nothing that is like, oh, I've never heard a piece of music like that. I, I can't wait to listen to it on Apple Music. Um, while with are you the saying music isn't unique anymore, Kai? We're gonna get so many emails. It's not about being unique. It's more about it not being something that's being developed specifically for an Apple service. It's just you can mm, listen okay. to music wherever you want. Okay. Um, well, with the TV streaming service, at least it will be interesting to see the portfolio or at least whatever Apple decides to show of their portfolio of TV shows that they will have to offer. Yeah, it's a little bit like... A, um, uh, what is it called? Is it E3? The... Um, the video game event. Yeah. Is it called E3? Where yeah. they basically announce everything that will come up through the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's like E3. E3 is very exciting. And you don't really... Like, sure, many things are available on Xbox or PlayStation. But usually you're just excited about the trailers and the games. So yeah. it might be like that. But the thing is that I really don't like being spoiled by TV shows. I don't like watching game trailer, uh, vid, um, TV show or movie trailers. I think video game trailers are very different because... They tend to not reveal as much. It's more about like showing the effects or showing the background story. But once you play it, it's a very different thing from watching a movie, right? So mm. I think there's a lot more to a game. So it's not as much you can spoil well, as a movie or a TV show. If they kind of show trailers for everything, I'm not sure if that's... It's not really my thing because I don't want to get spoiled. Y yeah. I would hope that they aren't holding an event only to show a few trailers on a big screen in Steve Jobs Theater. Like... Who knows? Maybe they will, because, you know, new Apple and stuff. But I mean, they, they got to show some trailers, right? They, they will probably, I mean, realistically, they will show some trailers. They will probably have someone famous, at least famous to some people, 
um, <laughs> on stage talking about uh, what what they d did with their other famous friends. Um, okay. <laughs> you sound very jealous of these famous people. Well, I don't know. Maybe they are famous. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna ignore that fact if they're famous or not. M my point is more. I'm, I'm not super. I'm not super in that industry, so I'm not. I know. I'm not as. I mean, I've seen actors, but I wouldn't know them by names. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very. I mean, it's it's. Apple will also not bring on bring someone like if you see a lot of the um. I don't know other demos that Apple has. Sometimes you often you've never seen those people before anywhere, but they present whatever they're doing. I th mm -hmm. I, I think for this type of event, they won't have some some random person that no one's ever heard of. I think this event makes sense to have producers and directors that people knows, in the industry. Uh, everyone knows who, what the producer and the director of a movie that looks like. People in the industry will know. Yeah. To 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 come on stage and everyone's like, whoa. Famous person. person, yeah. Um, yeah. So my when I said famous person, it was just a placeholder for whatever a famous director name might be. It was a placeholder for J.J. Abrams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Apple signed a lot of deals with a lot of uh, movie people, right? So I would be surprised if none of them wanted to to walk on stage and talk about their project. So I'm, I, I'm. So that's our one pick. All of us picked that. <laughs> This will be an exciting uh, another draft episode. Yeah, but I mean that something like that will happen, right? That's very very likely. Okay, I, don't, I mean I think you're giving us ideas of what we should pick for our uh, predictions list, guys. So we should probably stop stop talking about what's going to happen at the March event. But I do think it's we have to consider the rules and maybe should consider the, if we have fewer if we have like five picks, we also have to reconsider the point system. That's exciting. Mm. Um. Yeah, we do. I know, I know you my like point, point system. My point yeah. overall was more though that um, I don't think it will be as boring as if it would be a. I was just about to say a news and music focus, but it will probably also have some new stuff. So, so um, it's a media event, in but general. at least entertainment, I think, is interesting because uh, we'll see a lot about what Apple decided to focus on. We we'll see what they decide to then show of of the range of things that they're working on. Uh, so I think there will be a lot of a lot of discussions will come out of um, what we'll see at that event. I think I think it could be fun. Yeah, I mean it's not going to be unfun. So. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're you're very positive today. Uh, you won't. <laughs> I won't not you're, not you're, be. You're not not excited for this not unfun event exactly. on the twenty fifth of March. Yeah, I'm just being modest here. Hmm. Hmm. I can't hide my. Ex uh, I'm trying to hide my my excitement. Yes. <laughs> you you succeeded. <laughs> Thank you. Um, are you excited, Zach? No, actually not. <laughs> I, I want new AirPods, and it doesn't look like even if they are coming this month, it doesn't look like they'll be announced at the event. So, I don't know. I wouldn't subscribe to yeah. a, an Apple News or Apple Video Content streaming service either. So. It's not really a lot in it. Oh, for me. not even video. Con oh, okay. Sorry. Zach doesn't watch stuff, so it's the yeah. worst possible event for yeah. Zach. <laughs> what if they? Uh, well, what, what do you do, Zach? <laughs> Read books. What if? What if they have like a book subscription? I mean, they, they they do have that. Well, hmm. Yeah, Kindle has or Amazon has the Kindle Unlimited, yeah. which I've considered, but I don't actually read enough for that. 
Um, you like music, though. Yeah. Like, what if it's a music event? Would you be excited about that? Yeah, sure. But I don't think it's going to be a music event. I also don't know how excited I'd be if it was exclusively a music event. We're both very hard to, very difficult people to to get satisfied here. I mean, I don't mind when they have a musical performance at the end of a uh, an Apple event, or if they <laughs> even take a section to talk about Apple Music, like where there was the awkward high five with you too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Wasn't it the finger touch? Yeah, the finger touch. The I, I think it yeah. would like I don't know if they were going for a high five or what it was, but anyway. Um, <laughs> well, wasn't clearly- that wasn't that something like when our fingers touch, everyone will have access to the album no or something? Way. No way. Was, was that it? seriously what they did? I thought it was part of the song. I don't know. Maybe you know you know how time sometimes uh, brings out the worst part of your memories. Yeah, and then yeah. This was this was years concentrates ago. them over time. <laughs> so in my mind, what happened at that event was that they announced that as soon as our fingers touch, uh, the album will be live for everyone, and then they slowly uh, <laughs> had their fingers coming together, and then they touch, and then people were applauding. I'd be very surprised if they'd pulled that off, though, because they can't even get beaters out to a few hundred thousand developers on time, let alone, <laughs> you know, millions of people getting a new iTunes album. But <laughs> This week in Positivity Podcast. We're great at this. It's fine. Here, um, Bono and Tim Cook uh, touch finger was the most awkward moment at the Apple event on BuzzFeed. Mm. Uh, why did it do this? Speaking of awkward things, I did you see that uh, Tim Apple changed his name? on twitter apple tim or tim apple tim apple apple tim would be a good snack it I do sounds like an apple pie <laughs> it's like a, oh it can be like it could be like a tim tam with apple flavor mm, yeah that works too yeah mm. apple Does tim it? tam yeah i reckon you could pull off the app uh, anyway um but yes yes <laughs> apple t- tim apple changed his name after being called that was one of my i think so far my favorite tim cook joke yeah, yeah. <laughs> was I it Tim it was, was it a, It wasn't really a joke. He was mostly using a situation. I think. But yeah, it's it's just. I I just thought that was super funny. It was the best possible way of. I mean, obviously, he wouldn't comment on it <laughs> because it's it's in the grand scheme of things, it's completely irrelevant. Um, but it's just a nice way of acknowledging. Yep, our president is a bit of a weirdo at the moment. A little bit, little bit passive aggressive, isn't it? You you know, it's in such a nice way. There's nothing really... It is also not complete. If Tim would have changed his name on Twitter without this event, this would not be something you would be questioning why it mm-hmm. happened. And so it's I feel not like necessarily it's- offensive either. Like you said, it's not like he's commenting on it. It's more fun joke on his side. Yeah. I think he that's how he probably sees it. Or his HR... Um, sorry, uh, PR people. Yeah, he's making light of a situation. It's fine. Yeah. So I thought mm-hmm. that was that was genius. That was uh, really really playing to people who care mm-hmm. about Apple too because probably no one else in the world heard about this. But it's also not the word Apple. It's the Apple logo. Yeah. So that could just be Tim who works at Apple. Yeah. So I I thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. I I appreciated that. <laughs> All right, so some quickish follow-up. Uh, I enabled, because I think we discovered on the last show that I had to set up two-factor authentication as mm-hmm. opposed to two-step verification 
on my developer Apple ID. Gosh, that's a mouthful. Um, so I, <laughs> I set aside some time this week where I would have about three hours in case anything went wrong. Um, <laughs> fortunately, it did not take three hours. I figured it was the kind of thing that was mm. either going to take 30 seconds or three hours. Um, ended up yeah. taking about 20 minutes, which wasn't too bad. Um, simple steps that I followed. I tried to, um, I tried to do that thing where you just sign into your account on an existing device with an existing iCloud account. Mm. And then according to the Apple uh, support page for your developer account, that should Mm -hmm. automatically from then on prompt two-factor codes to go to your device. Um, Turns out that wasn't the case. So I want to check this. Like, were you actually able to connect? So if you were logged into like your main iCloud account, were you able to add a second one on the same device? I was, yes. It doesn't treat it as an iCloud account. It just treats it as an email account. So you can choose, you know how you have the options. You can choose mail, calendar, contacts, and notes as things to sync once you sign Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's also just, it basically is adding another email account to your, to your mail app. That's the gist of what it's doing. Um, According to the Apple uh, support page that should also have enabled two-factor it didn't in my case i don't know if it had something to do with um having two step on there already um that might have been the case what it, and then what the documentation said was that i should sign out of my main icloud account and sign in with the developer account as the main icloud account on the device because then there becomes an option to enable two-factor i didn't really want to do that because Playing around with iCloud is risky at the best of times and, you know, it's annoying to have to sign out and then you get all those prompts that scare you and say, are you sure you want to do this? Do you want to merge your data or delete it or whatever? You know, you just, it's a million things. And then when you sign back in, it takes a while to sync and do all that. So I didn't really want to do that, but I had an old iPod Touch lying around that I was able to then pull out, charge up. Um, I think I updated the software before I proceeded because I didn't want to do this on old software. And... I signed in as because I didn't have an account linked to that device. So I signed in with my developer account as the main iCloud account on that device. And then from then, it didn't even give me the option. It just uh, prompted me to enable two factor. Um, So that was all good. Two factor set up. um, And then it turned out that all the other devices I'd signed into, um, like as a secondary iCloud account with, um, they all get two factor codes as well. So I can pretty safely log out of that account on the iPod in the future if I need to. And my Mac and iPad and um, phone all get the two, two-factor verification codes. So, mm. that was a lot smoother than Kai's experience last week. Um, it's pretty pretty Even happy smoother. with how that went down. It's only, <laughs> only 20 minutes or so. Um, but, yeah, yeah. That's, all, that's all sorted now. And my motivation to do that was dub-dub tickets, which might be going... Which, <laughs> I mean, we might get the announcement in the next week or two. So, I didn't want to be locked out of my account and have to do that before applying for a ticket. So. Mm. 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 Anyway, that was my quick follow-up. Yeah, 20 minutes isn't bad. No, no, it was okay. Yeah. Well, good good job. Getting yeah, it set up. I, I didn't call back yet, so I'm still... <laughs> yeah, I you're, still. you're scarred for life now and never want to call Apple support again? It's just it's just different when, you're, when you've when you already been through it and it was such a pain and you had... It can't get worse, though. That's you get lucky with one person once and then unlucky with the next one. It's like, yeah, I don't want to deal with this You sound like now. you've been through a really hard breakup. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my Apple ID... We go back a long way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just, I just, and you know, I've been, I've been burned once. I don't, I just don't want to risk it again. <laughs> oh. I, I was just, I was just tired of trying to explain the case again, and I don't know what, what kind of words I need to mention for them to 
to trust that I'm not trying to steal some someone's account. To say developer, 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 developer. Yeah, so developer. I'll, I'll, I'll give it another shot this weekend. Mm. Good luck. I think. I think you should. Yeah, it makes sense. So. Or I just abandon that account. Yeah, and just transfer all your apps to, to your other yeah, account. Yeah, abandon the apps too. Yeah, yeah, you know. They had a good run. It's yeah. time to move on. Okay. Google Play account next. <laughs> <laughs> you just want some more freedom, right? Where you can just push a button and your app is up already. Yeah, and who wants to have to deal mm. with app review? I mean, that's a pain. Mm. <laughs> and you can also not make money through the Play Store, so that's a plus. Yeah, yeah, of course. But is there money on the App Store mm. if you don't do subscriptions anyway? So I don't know these mm. things. <laughs> you guys are so negative today. <laughs> well, I don't know. I wonder if it was like we had a pretty a pretty down and out discussion before recording. So maybe that uh, that mood has has continued over. <laughs> I actually kind of wish we'd it's recorded. It's also some half of that, ten. Uh, discussion, no, but anyway, half nine. Yeah. yeah, it's half nine now, guys. Apparently, that's what people call it. That is what half nine means. Good job. Mm. Mm, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we realized that there was a, for, for those following along at home, we realized there was a misunderstanding in what half, insert hour here, means. So, outside of Europe, <laughs> half nine would usually mean 9.30, but apparently uh, it's a European thing that half nine means 8.30, because you're halfway to nine o'clock, mm. which, if you're like me, think which that makes, which sense. makes no a lot sense. of sense. No, it makes yeah. no sense. I mean... None at all. Yeah. Realistically, that could also be 4.30. What? Half nine. Oh, yeah. yeah, I see that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see yeah. that. It's half a nine. It's four thirty. I think we should we should just all agree on that one. Yeah. That one makes Let's it more sense to me. I think that will also help uh, date math a lot. Yeah. So let's do that. Hmm. Much easier. Yeah. Cool. Did you listen to the last Hello Internet? The one about work environments and all that. I did. Or I guess uh, Brady getting an office. Yeah, episode. or maybe getting an office. There was, yeah. yeah, I thought that Did was. You listen to this guy. Thought it was a good discussion. Did you listen, Kai? Kai. Yep. Oh, you did. Mm. Whoa, you did your homework. Mm. Oh. As the didn't realize it was homework. I just <laughs> thought it was a recommendation of something interesting to listen to, but I I claim it as completed homework. Mm. Um, as the only one of us who works from home, did you have any thoughts about? I guess the discussions that they had about the potential advantages and disadvantages of getting an office and just sort of to sum it up really quickly, um, Brady Harron, who is one of the two hosts on Hello Internet, currently works from home a lot and he said he was considering getting an office, which CGP Grey, the other co-host of uh, Hello Internet, does have. Uh, They both sort of work for themselves, so um, they can work wherever they want or whatever. And there was just sort of a back and forth discussion about whether the office would be good or not for um, for Brady in terms of his productivity and that. He was saying he'd like to switch off a little bit more and maybe the office will allow him to do that by sort of physically distancing himself from his computer. Uh, and Gray was saying that maybe it's not the best idea for Brady because he thinks that um, one of Brady's greatest strengths is being able to work sort of at any time and when the when the motivation hits and that kind of thing, like you can if you can work comfortably from home. So, yeah. 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 I, I honestly feel like this was a weird discussion because they sort of mentioned that um, the benefit of getting an office, uh, I hope I get this right. So the benefit of having an office is that that will bind, like, bind you to being in the office and it will be something 
because Brady has all of his setup there and all of his hard drives and like everything he needs there, which will bind him to staying in the office. Uh, and they said sort of that like a negative aspect of being a YouTube a creator, uh, which is a word they they hate. Terrible um, but they said that the benefit of being uh, in the creative field and being someone who makes YouTube content and uh, podcast is that um, you can do it from wherever you want. Uh, and they said this that this was sort of a negative thing. And I always thought this would be a benefit. Yeah. Like I always thought that's why people want to work in those areas because they can just do it from wherever they want. And that's something I think is really cool. It's the same with software development. You just need your computer and maybe internet access and then you can work wherever you want. I think it's great. Yeah, definitely. But I think Brady's point was that he's having trouble switching off because his work is always available at home. And so, you know, it can be 10 o'clock at night and he jumps back on his computer and does some work. Um, he was- but I don't know if that's a problem. No, I, like, I agree. If you're so passionate about your job so that you can work whenever you want, like so that you're that excited so you will pick up your, a computer and keep on working on it, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and that's kind of what Gray was saying, that maybe the way Brady works isn't really a problem. Um, and then there is that freedom and flexibility. And me listening through the whole episode, I mean, I'm not somebody who has ever worked from home, um, but I was kind of thinking that that's a huge advantage to be able to, like I was sort of thinking along the same lines mm. of you, as you, Marlon, that it is a nice advantage of, of these jobs that we have where really all you need is a computer um, and like I said, a bit of internet and you can work from anywhere. Mm. And it, it, I mean, I... Everyone has different preferences and everyone works uh, well in different ways. But I feel like that would be quite a nice environment. And if you've got the luxury of not having set office hours and you find that your productivity Mm. peaks after dinner, then maybe take it a bit easier during the day and don't force yourself at midday to try and get work done if you know that your sort of creative hit will come in the evening. And especially for that kind of job as well, where editing things, you know, whether that be podcasts or videos for YouTube is pretty a pretty creative task. And so I think it's kind of beneficial to listen to your body. And if you want to work at 10 o'clock at night, then go for it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was a bit of a, I guess, mixed message. Mm-hmm. To me, it really depends on whether you work with people or if you work by yourself. Um, so I, Yeah, like uh, that's a benefit I see from being in an office. You get to meet people and have people around. But I think he was looking for a co-working space and that's not really the same thing. Yeah, to me, to me I mean... Again, that is my opinion. A co-working space combines kind of the worst aspects of both things. You have to go somewhere that's not your home, where you don't have all the setup that you kind of... I mean, usually people put things into their homes they want to have. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you're in this space where you have all the things that money bought you, and you're physically moving away to be in an environment where you don't have access to the things that you bought with the money that you acquired doing the thing you're now doing somewhere else (laughs) so to me that and you're surrounded by other people who you don't have control over that do completely different things that might have very different constraints that might don't care about being quiet when you need to be quiet that might be uh very quiet when you don't want to be quiet it's just to me if you work by yourself I, i i never had a desire to work from a place with other people. It's like you pay to be more com- uncomfortable. Y- yeah, and then it's also, then I might as well go to a library and work from there. If it, if I just want a change of scenery for a day or two or, or whatever, then I might as well just go to, to a local library and work from there for a day. Mm. But that wasn't really what he wanted. He was hoping to have something bigger set up, sort of like he has in his home office with like a better 
com- like a good computer and like uh, things that are not portable because I think he wanted to leave everything there so that he doesn't have to worry about it once he gets home. You can't really get that from a library. I don't. Yeah, I don't particularly like working from home um, because I like working with people. If if I can, if I would have the choice uh, to to work from a place that is a w- workplace with people that also care about what they're doing, I would prefer that over working by myself. Just because I think it's sometimes quite useful that you can bounce ideas off each other or talk about the thing that you're working on. Uh, just to kind of mm. which is hard to do in a co-working space because they are probably not going to work on the same thing as you exactly yeah um but if if you're not having co-workers i i much prefer having everything exactly set up the way i want it to be and i don't really have to problem i don't really see a benefit like i sometimes work uh i have some days where i work 12 hours or or more or split into like an eight hour shift in the morning and then another couple hours in the evening just because that's when it draws me, and I'm in unfortunate. You said an eight-hour shift in your morning. How long is your morning? Uh, apparently eight hours. <laughs> um, but it's also I'm I'm in a fortunate situation that where what I'm doing is one of my main hobbies. So yeah. I, I also don't mind that that's something that occupies like a, an evening or a night some di- some some days. Um, and I kind of like that that flexibility of therefore saying another day that I just don't feel for it. I just do whatever the hell I want instead. Um, but I I don't really see that as a downside of be- being able to be productive whenever it strikes you, um, unless it never strikes you. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a problem. But then you have other motivational issues, yeah, and I think I then think you might not like what you're doing. Yeah, if you if you work on the other end of thinking. I work too much because it's always accessible. Then it's more about is that something you you're happy with? Do you are you do you, do you think just as a structure? Like, did you hear someone saying that working too much isn't good and therefore you don't want to do that, mm. or do you personally actually think it's a problem? Because uh, I mean, you hear that right? Some people don't, really don't like what they're doing, and if you tell them, "Hey, I just work twelve hours," they're like, "Oh my god." That is way too many hours. You shouldn't work that much. But I really enjoyed it. I, I there was there were there are not a lot of other things I would have rather done for twelve hours than than the work I was doing during th- that time. And then for me, that that is totally fine and something that I wouldn't want to suppress. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing you really have to think about. Like, if you work in that much, and if you find yourself being drawn to working more than most other people, that might not necessarily be a bad thing. Mm. Um, so that's why I was surprised that he wanted to sort of get away from this because he's it feels like Brady is creating so much content and I think he seemed to really enjoy it so I'm not sure if it's a bad thing uh, I mean maybe he wants more time with people around him like uh, family and relatives and that makes sense um, So, but I then mean, you're also drawn to that right if if I don't know if <laughs> I have a day and I want to catch up with friends I, I will go there if that's what I'd rather do than, than working on something but if if working is the higher priority because I enjoy that more, maybe. So you're saying that Brady doesn't like his. I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm not. I'm not talking about Brady in particular. I'm just yep. saying. I mean, it's with most things in life, people are slightly different mm-hmm. in how they do their life. Um, I wouldn't want to eat everything that other people eat just because they like it if I don't, and mm-hmm. I don't see that being very differently for work. I, I don't want to work the way other people work just because they like to work that way if I don't. Yeah. So yeah. just figure out what works 
what you like to do and then optimize your your life as much as you can and if you work by yourself or yeah. for yourself you're usually having a lot of flexibility around that so just optimize the things to work around the ways that you like to work or that you know you work well yeah i agree and i think if you're if you're drawn to it that's because you like it and usually i think people just have to be have to think about whether or not they like that more than the other things they could be doing mm. like if it's really worth it to work two more hours um or if they would rather want to do something else i think it's just about being reflective um but i think i don't know i haven't worked from home and i know many people who have like family and have um like have sh like if they have kids this can be a harder thing because they they tend to um feel like it, it's it's a bit strange for their kids that they are around but then they're not with the rest of the family they're locking themselves into a room and that's a little bit strange i guess it's just sometimes hard to If you live with other people, it can sometimes be hard to let them know that you need to focus and you need to work. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so this wasn't one of the main points that uh, was made during the discussion in Hello Internet. But I was wondering uh, how sort of a change of environment helps helps or hinders, I guess, both of you working. Because I find uh, sometimes a, a productivity hack on the weekend is just going to, like if I want to work on a side project or whatever, sometimes it's a little bit uh difficult to get that done around the house and whether that just be because uh you know I'm at home in in sort of a more relaxed mood or because i feel like doing other things when i'm at home like sometimes just taking a laptop down to a coffee shop uh can mean that i have a couple of really productive hours and i think i mean while it didn't really come up in the discussion in hello internet i think that can be one of the advantages of having an office where you sort of you get to work and you're in work mode or you get to the office and you're in work mode and then you come home and you're in Home mode, and I know Gray has spoken about that on other podcasts, so it is definitely something that they've spoken about before. Um, but do either of you find that sometimes a, a change of, of scenery can help your work at all? Uh, I feel I feel like what you're getting to is that like if you go somewhere else, it's more distraction free. Is that sort of yes and no? I mean, arguably, mean? A, yeah. a cafe would be more filled with distractions than home. Um, because yeah, uh, but there are lots fewer things you can do. That's like, true. You can just yes. like, like you're there for a a single purpose, and I think that's the same. If you're going yeah. to an office, you can't just turn around and oh, put another load of washing on, or oh, go hang that washing out, or go make yourself a sandwich. Like you just can't <laughs> Man, do those things. Easily. You're doing so exciting things when you're at home. <laughs> <laughs> that's the stuff you have to do anyway. Um, <laughs> so maybe this is why I like going to cafes, but. <laughs> <laughs> for me, not at all. For me, it's I really like the setup I have at home, and I kind of dislike almost all other setups. So for yeah, me, I'm, I'm super I mean, productive because I optimized every single piece of my table, my setup. It my, makes sense my, because you have a you have a big iMac here, right? If you would go to a cafe, you would hopefully not bring your iMac. <laughs> you would have a laptop, and that usually. I mean, we've been talking about that before. You're less. You personally are less efficient if you work on a laptop. Yeah, but it's also I I have the the perfect like the sound setup the the exact way I want. I'm happy with the mouse and keyboard I I use. Uh, I have incredibly fast internet. It's just everything is always persistent and always always perfect. Like everything is exactly <laughs> the way. I mean, it I've, is a really nice setup. I'm I'm laughing, but it it is a really nice. It's setup, also I actually. iterated over my because I most of the jobs I worked I worked from home or mm. turned them into jobs where I could work from home quickly. Um, so I just iterated on that setup for years to now get to a point where every time we move to a different country, I buy the same chair, I buy the same computer, I buy the same speakers. Um, you just 
efficient by now. And and I just really, really dialed in my setup to a point where I think this is, it doesn't feel, I don't really notice the setup. It's like everything, you know how, how you notice a lot more things that are annoying you rather than if things are just going perfectly. Yeah, I said it, yeah. And that's kind of the point I got to with my setup now. It's just, I work and I don't notice anything. I don't notice that I use a particular mouse. I just use a mouse that is not noticeable negatively. I use the mm. keyboard that just works. I use a chair that doesn't get in the way. I have the monitor at the right height. I have a speaker that's good enough that it's, it is it is pleasant to listen to. It's so like, you don't say, you would say that there's nothing wrong with your current work setup? Uh, at least nothing. I, I mean, there, there, there are things that can be improved. Um, hmm. But there's nothing that would annoy me. Like I could have, like the I could have an iMac Pro instead of the iMac. <laughs> there, there, definitely, could. there are definitely things that can be better. But like the main setup, nothing annoys me. Okay. Which, um, which I I can't really replicate anywhere else. So, um, I really like that. And then when I want to have a different scenery, I rather just go for a coffee. Even if I go mm. by myself, I sometimes go to to our local coffee shop uh, around the corner, uh, Moving Coffee in Vancouver. Exceptional <laughs> coffee. Uh, Don't tell people about it. No, no now you won't should, be alone. You won't get the seat. Everyone should go there. It's it's one of the best best coffees I've ever it's had. It's really good. Um, but I just go there by myself. Don't bring any 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 computer, anything. Just sit there, chat with the owner for for ten minutes, have a really nice cup of coffee. Uh, walk back home and get back to work and that to me works a lot better to just i mean it's it's not that i stopped thinking about what what the problem is i'm trying to solve i i still think about that but i'm not on a computer that you know sometimes a problem is hard and then you i feel like that's usually when i get distracted mm. like there's something where i don't have an immediate solution and then i start going through i guess it's a bit like people who like to take a shower uh, to think yeah like you, you take a walk and go and have a coffee and sort of try to not you don't get distracted from other things from your computer, or you're not like too deep down in the t- in in the in the code or in the in the problem. So you can mm. just think openly about it. Yeah. So whenever I need this kind of change of scenery type thing, mm. I just it's it's like a full change, including not not looking at macOS for like half an hour. Mm. And for me, that is a really good combination of having the perfect setup that I really enjoy that that doesn't get in the way of anything I want to do, um, super stable and and just pleasant to work at. While um and then distancing myself explicitly from from that setup and from the table to to then like think about other things or think about something without being distracted by anything and then coming back and and continue continuing the work so that's kind of the the way i'm I'm dealing with that and I like that it sounds so nice like it, sounds, it sounds like you live in like a small italian city where you can just go down to a local coffee shop and everyone's talking to each other uh yeah it sounds really nice yeah and it is nice mm. uh i so that that i that part i enjoy a lot and i mean just bringing a computer to the coffee shop wouldn't wouldn't do the same thing because then i still have the same i just have more destruction around me but I don't have I I don't really get at least for me and the way my brain works I don't have any kind of different way of thinking or or kind of distancing myself from my problem to to come up with a better solution 
if I'm still sitting at a computer or still using my phone. I usually also try to not use my phone during those like kind of coffee breaks. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of how how I do that, and it works really well for me. It does sound really nice. Hmm? Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, you you also have the luxury that you are able to have a nice setup at home. I think some people, like I said, would probably have more distractions at home as well. Uh, so for them, it might be easier to go somewhere else. Um, yeah, it's quite easy when when you're not having kids or pets or I mean, the only other living thing during the day in this apartment is a plant, and they're usually not very distracting. <laughs> no, you would hope not. Hmm. We do have a coffee plant now, Zach. That's cool. A coffee, yeah, a coffee bean mm. fruit. Plant. And it actually, it actually requires. I mean, again, n- not compared to kids or or pets, <laughs> but it does require a lot of attention. Uh, I thought this was an easy step to getting a dog cat. I think, <laughs> I think that's how you go. But like the plant. first run when we when we kind of uh, bought plants for our apartment, um, the focus was I, I found this list of NASA approved plants, um, and they're like plants that can. That essentially can, can survive anywhere. <laughs> the International Space Station. So yeah. not a lot of, not a lot of uh, uh, natural light, not not like the, not a lot of uh, water in the air, not a high humidity, and those kind of things. And plants that are super useful, so they don't have a mold problem. They're they're filtering a lot of toxins out of the air, like the things you want from from uh, vegetation. And they're kind of the. the very very exceptional plants for that so we only bought those you only have to water them like every every week and if you forget for forget for a week that's fine um and then we went to a coffee place uh, a couple of weekends ago and they sold coffee plants like well gotta buy that one <laughs> and now we have this coffee plant that's the exact opposite it needs attention every <laughs> single day i'm glad we didn't go to a cat cafe <laughs> <laughs> how long until you can use the beans uh, <laughs> years, I'm guessing. Um, three to five years, but it's also wow. not the objective. Yeah, okay. Also, I don't, yeah, that's the thing. Like, in order, even if it does grow coffee in um, three to five years, I don't think it will be the best coffee, considering that we are uh, not in the right climate. We don't have that much humidity in our apartment. And so. we're almost exactly at sea level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, there. we do live in an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Vancouver climate, I have a question. Uh-oh. All right. Is the question or more of a statement? That's a question. <laughs> okay. I'm going to phrase it as a question. Is it true <laughs> that it rains in Vancouver for nine months of the year? Um, Continuously? No. No. <laughs> Do you have a nine-month-long uh, wet season then? I mean... I mean, isn't it always a bit wet when you live close to water? Um, it, I mean, since we since since we moved here, it probably rained uh, a total of ten days. Are you serious? No, twenty days, like rain days. Kai doesn't leave the house. He doesn't know. <laughs> Do you count s- s- uh, a bit colder water as rain? <laughs> snow counts. I'm talking about the days where new snow falls onto the ground, not days where snow was left over from a previous day. Or water. Or water, yeah. No, so, okay, I would say... With rainfall no, or like, snowfall. Yeah, definitely not nine months a year. That sounds terrible. I mean, again, like, b- But the days when it is raining, it's not like it's pouring down all day. It's like, it's a bit of rain, and then it's not raining. It's not bad. I mean, weather is definitely not the reason you would... I mean... If if you if you want to move to Canada, 
Vancouver is probably <laughs> a good place to move to for weather. But in your situation, I wouldn't recommend a lot of Australians to move to Canada in general for the good weather. Oh, I mean, Sydney has some of the best weather in the world. I, yeah. I, don't, think, mm. I don't think many people would move from Sydney in search of better weather. Yeah. So, you move to, you move to Vancouver for everything but the weather. <laughs> uh, uh, no, if you like snow, you move, yeah, or, uh, you move to like Whistler or... Yeah, yeah. or if you like the kind of winter sports. I mean, mm. you have a lot of that here. Uh, I mean, a lot of Australians actually did move here for that weather, so I, I guess I'm, I'm just wrong. <laughs> if you lo- move here for the sake of having warmer weather, no, that's yeah, not going to happen. Then you just did your math wrong. <laughs> but everything else is just... Um, for for if if you enjoy warm weather, it's everything else that that would drag you here despite the colder weather. Okay, no, that's fair enough. Mm. Anyway, that was a bit of a sidetrack, but mm. did that person otherwise like Vancouver? I think so. Um, but they really moved. Apparently, they just said that weather depressed them and that they moved to Sydney because good weather. Um, they moved yeah. to Sweden. When did they move? <laughs> Uh, 14, 15 years ago. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah, so they've been in... They, they've also lived I mean, in London. It was colder back then, yeah. I guess. That was, that was before <laughs> global warming really kicked in. Um. Okay, cool. Should we talk about something else? Sure. Okay. Our kit. I mean, AR kit. AR you mean pirate kit? kit. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, I put this here. Um, because um, there have been rumors about... Um, Apple making a, a, a wearable device. And I don't really want to talk that much about this. Um, I just want to say that I feel like something... Uh, I feel like this is something we've been talking about before or it was something that was felt relatively... Um, felt quite obvious. I think the fact that Apple put so much focus on ARKit for such a long time but it didn't really have a device for it sort of hinted towards it being a device um, coming out for it. Because I think they put so much... They were promoting AR kits so heavily, uh, and that really made it feel like Apple wants to do something more with it than just like have it on your phone. And it makes so much sense for them to have a device. Uh, so there is a rumor that they are going to release a uh, pair of wearable, uh, somehow wearable glasses uh, that you're going to run mostly from your phone and have a screen in front of your eyes. Uh, I thought the interesting thing is that we do have sort of like a like a timeline for this, which would be 2020. Um, I, yeah. that was a Minty quote thing, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I would be. I don't really know. Usually, a lot of his insights come from the supply chain. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how you he would have information about that now for something uh, that will be mass produced in the second quarter of twenty twenty. I I don't know how long they kind of priming of the supply chain for, for a completely new model? Or I think it would be started to be produced already in 2019 um, and then released 2020. But I assume for something like this, you would need to have quite a lot of test device to test this out. So you, you might have come across something like test models and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but yeah, I mean it was of, yeah. obvious from from the the acquisition of that, uh, that company that made the first ARKit one. It was kind of obvious that mobile phones and and iPads are not likely going to be the 
yeah. the main users of that technology. Especially, or yeah, the, especially the kind considering of for where for that technology at least. Also, especially considering that those uh, phones and iPads have become more and more powerful than necessary, um, and they are really good at being like a secondary de- or, or or a device that drives a secondary device, like a watch. So it makes sense that they would build on that technology and use a powerful device for something else that's also wearable, like like glasses. So I think also that, yeah. like the fact that it would sort of be paired with your phone or with your iPad, that's not really coming as a surprise. Uh, I think it makes sense. And I think this is actually something that makes it more, it's it's unique compared to other devices. And I think it would be less clunky. So it would be cool, but it's still a very risky area because I think anytime someone like puts something like on, wears something on their face, it, it it has to be comfortable. It has to look reasonably okay. I mean, if they wanted to be something like glasses, it definitely would need some more style, like s- some more design involvement than other products. So it's very different. Yeah, definitely. And I can't remember if we've spoken about it before on this show or if we've spoken about it off the show, but um, when looking back sort of at the introduction of AR kit and how that all works, I mean, it is interesting. I think at that time, um, People were a little bit more surprised that maybe the focus wasn't on um, VR, which I think all the cool tech demos were in VR. But if you look at the way that AR kit is created and what sort of things are being made, are being built for it, it does look like it's very much a heads up display as opposed Mm to, um, you know, cool, like a, a toy for the sake of showing off. AR, for mm. example, like I think there was that there was that demo that did the rounds on Twitter. It's probably a year ago now of learning to play a keyboard or a piano, and if you could imagine the um, you know arrows in in front of you, sort of pointing at which keys to play or which keys to press and when. And you know, I think most of the comments on that, and I think the first thing we said when we saw that was that's cool, but it would make so much more sense if you didn't have to hold up your phone or your mm-hmm. iPad to uh, to yep. see this. And I think that sort of lends itself perfectly to some kind of glasses or other product head unit that augments reality, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, it doesn't... Considering how much Apple has really been pushing ARKit and, like, making people learn ARKit, it doesn't make sense that that would be the only thing. Because if you look at something like... <sighs> like CoreML or SiriKit, like this came out around similar times and they haven't been pushed at all as heavily. So I think it's quite interesting to see that this is something that's been pushed and you haven't had a direct use case for it, but it's sort of been indicating that it is something Apple think will be important in the future and this makes sense for that. But it's also, I mean, VR and AR have very different um, uh, use cases. I think VR is more of an to me, entertainment, games, and TV type of thing that you would do for an hour or two in the evening, while mm-hmm. AR could be something that's with you for 16 hours a day. You know, it's something that is that is more part of you every day uh, as you go through your day. While yep. VR, you're, by definition, kind of disconnecting yourself from real reality. Um, isn't reality real reality? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, well, augmented reality means you're still you're still doing what you would otherwise do in your day, but you get more out of it, more yeah. information out of it, more. It doesn't mean it's you can't like have a helper games. Tool, like so you can like, still have games in AR. Yeah, but you can also use it like a help tool, right? Mm. To actually 
if you go to a supermarket, you can see labels and you、mm. can see things like that. It's very beneficial. But、so、it's a lot closer to what Apple usually does. Yeah. So far, Apple hasn't been very successful in games、uh, and entertainment. They're entering now, which will be interesting.、Mm. But、um, what what an iPhone is? It I mean, an iPhone is already augmenting our our life, right? It is already doing that, just in a form factor that you have to hold in your hand.、Mm. While augmented reality, to where where I think it can go, is is just yeah. It, it removes the the need of holding it and allowing you to access that information、uh, more casually, which I think is is quite a natural direction for technology to go, and very much something that Apple has a lot of focus on anyway. Yeah, and I think that's something that's a very good point. I think that. iPhones are already sort of used to like improve the reality or augment the reality and make things easier for you in your everyday life. And I think this is、uh, the, the difference between an AR, a wearable AR headset, and a VR headset is very similar. Could be similar to something like the difference between an iPhone or a smartphone、uh, and a、uh, handheld console. Console, right?、Uh, I think handheld. Handheld consoles are good for certain things, but it's nothing you use every day. It's something you mostly use for playing games, and has a very different purpose and very different form factor compared to something like a like a phone. A phone、mm-hmm. is really meant to be more convenient for you, something that's helping you, nothing that's necessarily like blocking you from doing other things in your life. It's more meant to be something that's helping you throughout life. Unless you want to play a game,、yeah. which you can also do. Yeah, yeah. But it's probably it's it's not going to be a gaming. Entertainment first device. Yeah, and I think that is definitely a space that's sort of untapped right now. So it makes sense as well, especially if they can do a, do it well.、Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, I think that will be an interesting, interesting thing. It's more exciting than a new streaming service, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like the timelines are very optimistic. Because I don't, I haven't sounds, seen. A, it seems a, it feels a little bit like a Elon Musk sort of timeline. <laughs> you mean one that's expected to be、uh, missed? <laughs> um, yeah, just because I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Apple has a lot of people that just lead that that area, but there are not a lot of other、uh, tech demos of of that technology that I've seen that fit into something small enough like glasses. And I mean, what was the Google? Google glasses that was kind of clunky. Yeah, Google Glass. Yeah, but we've probably come a long way. Yeah, but that was very different because it was like a very small. It was on like the very small square screen, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, it yeah. wasn't really something you even wore over your eyes. You had it around your head, but that's、mm. pretty much the only the only similarity with glasses. I mean, the, the idea was similar, right? You had that. It's just a very small、mm. field of vision, but the idea was still to put things into your. Yeah, view but I think all of the technology was happening in the glasses too, and I think it seems like that's not what Apple wants to do. They would have another device that powers your glasses or wearable. And and just、um, being optimistic towards technology, that is also something that could actually replace a lot of your phone. If、um, at some point, I mean, even even a watch, right? At some point, your watch will be able to power AR applications on on your glasses.、Um, And I think that will greatly reduce the times when you need a phone. Apart from input, input is still、uh, interesting. That that's what I'm the most interested in is、uh, how to solve. Apart from like huge advancements in technology, interesting. But just from a、uh, user interaction, it will be interesting how to solve inputs if you're not touching anything. 
Yeah, yeah, and like I feel like it can't really be like, look at this to confirm because that feels like it's going to really mistrigger stuff. But at the moment, there isn't a whole lot of input into ARKit. Um, things are there and I mean, about all you can do is sort of tap the screen if you're placing something or, or dropping something in the in the virtual mm. scene. There isn't too much else you can do. If you look at something like uh, Face ID, you can you can do quite accurate uh, eye tracking. That's true. That's a good point. I was thinking you could potentially do something like um, like reach out your hand to do something instead. Yeah, I mean that's always difficult. It would be hard to track, then you would actually have to do like hand motion tracking. But also, also I yeah. think for first versions, it becomes a little bit awkward if this technology is new and people will be skeptical of it. And it will be even more awkward if people are there sort of stopped in the streets interacting <laughs> yeah. with this virtual world, which no one else can see. <laughs> so I do mm-hmm. think maybe at least at least until people are used to the idea and the concepts and things are, are sort of defined, that a lot of the time it might just be more more passive information that is shown uh, or that is augmented onto the world um, as opposed to something you can yeah. interact with. Like, I don't think it's a... I don't imagine there's going to be too many games for it. Like, I don't see too many people running around trying to jump in puddles that don't exist and things like that, <laughs> at least at first, um, mm. because I feel like there's there's that curve we need to get over of whatever this new technology is, until people are comfortable with it. I think games will be mostly indoors. Yeah, and I mean, mean, that's fine. But something like Pokemon Go, you know, I think that would be way more successful. Um, Or people, like, Apple would have sold a lot of those glasses if they would have been released around the time Pokemon Go was super popular. Mm. You know, I I can totally see that for that kind of market, that people buy it explicitly because they want to play something like an AR pokemon go game i think if if you wanted to to play pokemon in the real world there's not a lot of things that are more exciting than having being able to actually see pokemon while walking around without having to hold your phone but you could also do something like have that as a secondary device it's like when you buy an apple tv you could also buy a game control for the apple tv it could be something like that that you have uh, some type of control hmm would I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's more like I mean realistically the first watch was mostly you just get stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying now, but like for example, if something if you want to do something like Pokemon Go, you would need to have some type of control, though, right? Or are you thinking that you would use eye tracking for that? No, I mean, I mean realistically, it's it, the solution is usually as simple as it can be initially. Yeah. So it's probably that you would see things around you and then you have to use your phone to interact with stuff. Uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, it could also be voice controlled. Yeah, but yeah, that that works really well at the moment. Let's <laughs> see if, if we... I mean, it, we can kind of see that, right? If if we see significant progress uh, in, in voice control over the next year, then that becomes a possibility. But as it is right now, it's very unlikely to be useful enough to... Uh, I, I'm hopeful. Like, I think even if it's just a passive device in order to... like augment your reality and give you more more information about things that you see around you i think that would be really cool mm. and navigation would be great right uh, what yeah. we talked about last week ultra wide band um for indoor tracking means you can kind of do indoor and outdoor navigation with those things quite nicely too uh i think that that alone is already quite quite useful if you walk through a city and just see arrows of where you need to go i think that that's useful um there are a lot of kind of uh, display only use cases that that would be sensible and it also means probably apis can be easier where 
you might not necessarily run full on applications, but you're more supplying data feeds for the real world. So, because otherwise people will completely exploit that in no, no time, right? You have like a full screen ad uh, all of a sudden while you're driving on the road because you didn't pay for your navigation app. Um, that's terrible. <laughs> that's why I think it's, it's, it's also not unlikely that it's for kind of r- real world points of interest that it's more that you provide Apple with data like things like if you have apps that you care enough about that you give apple access to to kind of your points of interest and apple then shows them in the real world i i think that's not unlikely either just to make it kind of more um kind of have all those applications come together in the real world at least for those kind of more so you mean that it would be very personal right it wouldn't be something like you wouldn't say the same things that i do uh, through an app it would be more like if i have like certain places that i'm interested in seeing if i'm navigating somewhere that's what's going to show up to me yeah like probably like if if we look at something like uh uh zach's petty or or been there where you supply data to apple so if yeah. if you have Petty installed and you give give it access, if you look at a at a gas station, you see the fuel prices for your fuel. If you look at a cafe, you can see the ratings or whatever. I I wouldn't be surprised if that's um kind of to augment reality, like augment your physical environment, and then have applications, but they're probably not going to run all the time on the device or on I'm your phone to serve the device. I just feel like that's sort of going away with the whole focus that Apple has had on ARKit. It hasn't really been focused on things like think, data no, models. No, 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 no. My point is not that that won't be the case. I just okay. don't think there will be... I think it will be very limited of things that you can run uh, full-time on those things. I do think you will probably be able to run like uh, apps, games, IKEAs, placing furniture mm-hmm. in your room kind of things. But if you want to have things that are kind of running all the time, like okay. at the moment, if you use... Yeah, your, so a little bit like Siri kit, I guess, that you have certain actions. no more of a passive mode. Because okay. with your phone, the passive mode is it's in your pocket. But with glasses, mm-hmm. what is what does it show in, in like, you don't have an app open, right? There, there is mm, a new, yeah, yeah. new state of no app open, but you're still wearing the glasses. Yeah. And yeah. either you just turn off all the augmented stuff, or I could imagine that you have data feeds that you supply Apple with for Apple to then decide when and if they show something. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. But I think it, it's exciting to have that kind of device. I've, I've been looking forward, forward to this kind of device for, I don't know, 10 years <laughs> at least. So it will be exciting to to have those kind of new problems. Why and, is it something you've been looking forward to? I think it is exciting. It, it, it would be really cool, but do you think it's something... Like, was it mostly because it's something that you saw in all movies growing up? Or is it, um, like, do you see a direct use case or a direct change in, like, how people think of electron- like electronic devices from this? Um, I mean, I I just don't really like phones because they're really <laughs> distracting. and But the- there is a risk that this would be more extra- distracting, though. You know how people sometimes just stop to look at their phone in the middle of the street. Yeah. Could happen if it's too much text. Yeah, it's it's not really... Yeah. Distracting might not be the right word. It's more... I think there are a lot more... There's a lot more potential for you to... to enhance the human's functionality with that rather yeah. than 
than you being completely uh to me phone often sometimes feels more like a virtual reality where people don't really know what's happening around them anymore mm. like you you're looking at your phone and it draws even though humans have way more of a peripheral vision than than the phone the phone gets a hundred percent attention yeah, when people yeah. use it it's it's you know, you see that sometimes people walking into poles or into each other in the street <laughs> yeah. because the phone got 100% of the attention. Yeah, I just wonder now it's sort of like in like social situations, you could potentially wear wear glasses and then in reality, like you, you, people think that you're looking at them and that you're involved in the conversation, but it might have something on their screen. <laughs> and like, it's going to be sort of like, you know how people turn their phones upside down when they want to show you that they pay attention that people sure, are going to start taking their glasses off? Like, Sure, some people will... I mean, yeah, sure, some people will. Yeah. Um, but I just think it has a lot more potential of of passively enhancing. You know, it's it's really like those kind of things. If you're, I mean, I'm a person that be, uh, it's to probably the annoyance of everyone I'm spending time with. But if I'm in a place and I want to go to a coffee place, I might use my phone and 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 try to find a good coffee place for ten minutes before we go somewhere. It would be a lot nicer. Or if we see a restaurant that we consider going to, I would usually not step into that restaurant before I check their Yelp reviews. Yeah. Because I don't want to take the risk of going to a place and then have... No, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> with you, but I know what you mean. I think some people think that's a little bit frustrating. They're like, we just want to eat, guys. But I think... So I, I just always like the idea of having access to that information... Yeah. While you're you're still looking around and experiencing the mm, world, mm. Um, but also for for a lot of other things like games, I think it could be interesting. For it's just it's getting us closer to um, to to uh, enhance our senses in 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 a less creepy way. I mean, it's it's still <laughs> a thing that isn't attached to your body permanently or to your mm -hmm. your brain or or i mean there are some efforts in that direction too um uh, yeah not so, not really by apple though it's no. good um so i don't know i just always like the idea of having a way of seeing more information it's also like to see distance navigation to i i when i was younger for for sports it seemed interesting to to kind of get um I don't know. You 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 shoot a ba like you're playing basketball. Uh, you shoot would you, you seriously wear this while doing sports? Like I barely wear my watch while. I'm doing not sports. saying I would. I'm just saying they're like as soon as you wear it mm. and you see things in in your view, you know, to enhance them, yeah. you can see you, you take a shot and it shows the percentage of it going in, and you can see where it goes. I think and, and something that would be really cool is like you know how um, if you're watching something like American football or football. Um, you have the lines, um, like they they mark, <laughs> they mark the lines on TV. If you watch it on TV, it would be so cool if they could just mark the lining um, with yeah. your glasses. That would be awesome. Mm. But also, like I don't know, measuring things. It's just I don't know why. It just always when I was uh, uh, fascinated me to to get something into my actual field of view, yeah, rather than having to look into a screen that uses a camera to then show something. It just I, I thought I this kind of technology would be yeah always seemed very exciting to me yeah and it, yeah. it comes with a lot of new things to solve so it's also exciting because I mean phones haven't changed like that much in the last few years mm. but this will change a whole bunch of th stuff so I'm, Zach would you get them if there would be a wearable uh, AR product 
I was thinking about this. And probably yes, because I wear glasses already. And I have to for because I have bad vision. I don't just wear them for fun. <laughs> um, but if I didn't wear glasses already, I probably wouldn't uh, be too happy about... Or whatever this is, something on your head that I assume if you have prescription glasses will remove the need for the prescription glasses. That's what I'm going to assume. Um, mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then sure, why not? Um, as long as they're not too much clunkier than glasses. Like, if they look like a VR headset with holes cut out for your eyes, then that's obviously <laughs> not cool. It's just um, a cardboard box. M- like, maybe. And in that case, then yeah. I don't really have an interest. But if there's something that can replace my glasses, kind of like the... Uh, have you seen the Bose headphones? Actually, Sorry, the Bo- uh, not headphones. The Bose sunglasses, which look no. like normal sunglasses, but have slightly thicker rims or whatever the side things are for batteries. And they play music out the end of one or out of both of the ends of the like things that go mm-hmm. around your ears. Um, so mm-hmm. they're sort of headphones, but like sunglasses. Anyway, mm-hmm. if there's something like that where they're sort of an extension on existing glasses, then I'm fine with that. If it's something entirely new, then I'm not sure I'm interested. How about you? Over time, I, I mean, at the moment, I don't wear glasses, but at some point, I probably will have to. Um, and depending on how the technology develops, it might just align quite nicely. That's what I'm banking on. Imagine something like Google Pixel's Night Sight, but mm-hmm. in glasses. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I essentially think giving humans really night cool. vision. No, and it doesn't excite either of you. Yeah, I think we're we're no. Yeah, I, I mean, no. isn't that like there are night like there are certain things you can can't you are there no glasses where you can see in the night like, you can but they're, they're generally not at least meant like for military everyday grade. consumers yeah no, exactly no. and and you know the thing with something like night sight it's a consumer technology the colors are meant to be more realistic and um you know those kind of night mm. goggles generally they don't worry too much about color yeah you don't want to see everything green yeah exactly <laughs> i think those kind of full screen things that that basically uh uh, take over the entire world is just that's an extra five five six seven eight years i think at at the beginning we'll have a whole bunch of polygons that that just show up somewhere um because it's just for kind of full view things tracking needs to be super super fast otherwise you feel super dizzy you know yeah. you, you'll just need so much more resources yeah. and and computing power to get that right and higher resolution screen and it's like it, it just becomes so much harder of a problem that I don't think we'll have that. I think the first one will be very close to to what we see now with the AR kit. Something that's in your view, but mm-hmm. it's very clearly not. Yeah, it's very clearly not part of the part of the environment. It's very yeah. much like a a model that's laying on top of it. Mm. I think that makes sense, and I think we shouldn't expect too much. It should be more like the first watch, mm. um, in terms of functionality and. Yeah, I think that's still a good step on the way. I would buy, I would buy them. Um, like you said, Zach, like if you wear glasses, anyways, uh, not really gonna cause much of a problem. Like it's not gonna really make your life worse. <laughs> like I think people who are not used to wearing glasses might be more reluctant because it's like a, it's a little bit annoying to wear glasses all the time. Like they slide down, you like you have to clean them, but like if you're used to that, it doesn't really matter. Uh, as long as they still look okay, I think. I just feel like they have to be very customizable from a design point of view, and I wonder how that's going to work. Hmm. But it's definitely, to me, it's exciting. 
I don't know. It mm. might be, it might not be good, but it's at least interesting and exciting. And a lot of, a lot of ways of solving those problems. So it will be definitely interesting to, to see what, what's happening and talk about what's happening. If it's 2020, it will be an interesting year. Um, okay. Yeah, apparently you haven't picked this already. So do you want to start a thing that you like this week, Kai? Sure. Um, uh, I will also not make it uh, two hours like the last time when I spoke about uh, vacuum cleaners. <laughs> um, so my pick this week is to the Roborock S50 vacuum cleaner. Can you tell us more about this, Kai? We never heard about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's arguably the... Or I would say at least it's the best uh, vacuum cleaner, robotic vacuum cleaner you can buy at the moment. Um, it is from a Chinese company called uh, Xiaomi. And it has, to me, the best combination of features that kind of make it really, really good in software. Like they have spot cleaning. They, they draw a map of your, your, uh, your apartment or house. And the spot cleaning means basically on the map, you just touch where you want it to clean. It drives there, cleans there, and drives back. It's really, really nice. You have all the features of kind of drawing a virtual wall. So I don't know if you don't want it to clean the bathroom because it's it's kind of wet or whatever. Uh, you can just draw a line on the map and it won't clean there. Um, and I mean, it's as with all Xiaomi products, the software is pretty decent. It is they they do some custom stuff. Uh, I think it's some kind of JavaScript bundles that they install on to to kind of control all their their ecosystem of different devices. But it's overall pretty pretty nice. Uh, you have scheduling and all those kind of features. Um, and from a hardware perspective, um, you just have a really good good motor, a really good uh, uh, um, vacuum vacuum power so it, it's pretty good at cleaning both hard hardwood surfaces and and uh carpets it automatically detects when it goes onto a carpet it's actually really cool so it actually if you want to have it on like a quiet mode and then it goes into a car a room where there's a carpet it's actually gonna go um it's gonna turn up the power uh, so it's able to like suck things up better um but it then keeps quiet when it goes back to hardwood it's mm. really cool yeah so it's it's just overall, a really good combination of software and hardware and device. It still gets uh, continuous updates. Um, just had the latest update yesterday, I think. Um, and just keeps improving on 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 an already really, really, really good uh, um, uh, robotic vacuum cleaner. You can also, it has a mopping function if if you want to use that. Um, it's not it's not really mopping. It's more like a wet. Uh, sweep, I would say. Um, but I can do that too. I mean, um, it's definitely, uh, I would say, vacuum cleaner first. But yeah, if if you want to have like something that also goes around with a wet towel every now and then, you can do that. Hmm. And at, I think it's around $450 or so. It's also really affordable if, if you compare that to similarly specced um, uh, uh, Roombas or or Nitos, um, kind of with a similar set of features. I would say it it probably beats them in in overall package of of uh, abilities. It's just a really good combination in the fact that it's um, it has some smart features like it's actually mapping your whole apartment, and it's also 
Um, the competitor, this is one that's actually round, so mm. it's... Uh, doesn't get stuck. <laughs> it doesn't get stuck. That's a, that's a plus point. Mm. Um, and also, it's a lot cheaper than the Roomba and the Nito. And it's it's continuously improving too. Like about a year ago, the software was somehow slightly uh, differently optimized. So it had a lot harder contact with walls every now and then, but that has been uh, significantly improved. Overall, wayfinding is really good. So it's also because it has a LiDAR on top, so it maps the entire environment. As it doesn't co- only use a LiDAR though, right? It, it uses a whole bunch of sensors, mm. but LiDAR is the most important one for kind of mapping mapping the room. and um, it's and then it kind of uh, separates your entire apartment into different sections and kind of cleans them one after each other. So uh, if you buy one and you you kind of turn it on the first time, it's even just fun to see it uh, go around the apartment and and clean up. It's kind of fun to to watch it and I don't know. It's it's somehow satisfying to see a thing like a wayfinding algorithm to not just. You know, if you implement a wayfinding algorithm, it's kind of fun to see it then actually finding a way. But this thing, you can see it, how it finds a way and also then perfectly executes it in hardware, in, in like motions of the wheels. It's, it's quite fun to see it turn exactly at the right angle to go past an obstacle rather than running into it. It's Yeah, it's just overall a fun, both a fun toy and a really useful one because it happens because to also clean your apartment as, as, yeah. as yeah. you play with it yeah so um i mean we've used it for i don't know how long now uh this this particular model probably a year almost a year mm-hmm. whenever we moved here um but the, we used the previous model for two or so years before that and so far everything is perfect and you also like if you need spare parts uh there are they're really affordable too if you ever need to replace any part. Highly recommend it. Like I said, I uh, I think I said that. I really like it too. Mm. Uh, it's very nice. And like realistically, you're not going to clean your vacuum clean your apartment manually every day. So it's nice if you have one of these because you actually get rid of a lot of like pollen in the air. And yeah, it's really, really nice. Mm. Um, yeah, would recommend. Um, so I picked a game this time. Speaking of uh, things that you can do on your phone. Um, I picked a iPhone game which is called um, Lost Cities. Mm. Um, yeah, this is a really good game, and it's something that I used to play a lot um, when it first came out. Uh, but I thought about it um, now, and I, I just one thing I really want to give a shout out to is the music in this game. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, so it's this like nice, like relatively small little like card game. Um, so you're basically playing. Like, it's hard. It's re- it's hard to explain the whole concept, but basically, uh, you should gather points by getting like by collecting as many cards. It sounds boring, but it's it's really not. It's amazing. Um, you're supposed to like uh, collect cards in a certain color, um, in a certain order, and the more you get in uh, each color, um, uh, in a good order the more points you get. You can also have some risk to it, so you can decide to like bet on blue in the beginning, and if you do end up getting blue cards, you get double the points, otherwise you're actually getting pen- penalized for not getting any any cards of that color, and then you're getting minus points. So it's actually a really cool game, and you can really like... It can get as hard as you want it to, basically, if you do decide to play with those cards. Um, it can get... like You, you, you really have to sort of uh, calculate what you think is beneficial in the long term. Um, 
And it's really cool. And you can either play against a bot, which is actually pretty good. Like, I feel like the bots are quite advanced. But what I do like with this is that it's a two-player game. So you could play it with someone else and it's asynchronous. Um, so you could uh, just like play play when you have time and then uh, you can you can close it down, which is pretty neat. Uh, but a game doesn't take too long. So if you want to just play it all at once, you can do that too. Um, and yeah, the music is amazing. I think it's this one person who composed all the different music and it has uh, like all those different themes, like jungle themes and like like a lost city theme, like a tropical theme and like a bit more like uh, Asian inspired themes. And like all of them are really cool and like they use really uh, sort of organic inst- or uh, yeah, like organic instruments. Uh, that's a thing, right? Organic instruments. Yeah. What do you call it when it's like natural instruments? No idea. Natural instruments? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like Sorry. It's, it's sort of, yeah, it's like a very, like, it's it's really nice. Like, it's like traditional instruments, I guess. Um, yeah. So it's it's really, really nice music. So definitely play it with sound on. And yeah, I recommend it. It's um, It seems like a really nice smaller team that worked on it too. Uh that's always exciting to promote a smaller a smaller company um, that makes something great. Uh, yeah, so I want to recommend it. Uh, it's really good. Mm. And the bots are also just one thing to point out there. It's the bots do not know more about the game state than you do, which I always appreciate. Mm. So they actually went through the more difficult way of of writing an AI that. And all of them, you have a whole bunch of uh, different uh, bots to pick from, and they all have kind of different uh, characteristics. So some of them play more um, that they build their hand first before they then uh, play mm-hmm. the cards. Others are very very aggressive. Yeah, some of them are more cautious. Yeah, yeah, and others are more cautious. So you you definitely feel you, when you see who you're playing against, you feel uh, how they're playing style differs mm. but they're never having an unfair advantage like some games you just know they they don't play a thing because they know more about the game state than you do because yeah. they know what cards will will still be drawn and they know what cards you have um but um yeah the coding monkeys actually that's a game of uh, the name of the the company that made it uh went through the effort of of implementing a fair ai that actually doesn't have an advantage so I, and and that is kind of more satisfying than to play against. Yeah, yeah. No, I I definitely agree. And that's like I usually don't play against bots, but this is actually quite a quite a challenging um, mode to play in. So I think I think it's really good. Not optimized for iPhone ten though. <sighs> yeah. Still, still worth playing. Yeah, mm. I, I I agree. All right, Zach, do you wanna after I drop the ball on on. My streak of macOS recommendation. Do you want to continue carrying the baton? Baton? <laughs> baton? Baton? Sure. Sorry. Picking up right. I don't know. I wouldn't off. say it's, it's baton. That by the way, baton. 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 Yeah. Yes. Do you do you want to pick up the baton? Is it actually baton? Sure. That, that sounds Australian? really weird. Yeah. That's how I say it. Baton. Yeah. Anyway, picking up the baton, 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 baton. something baton. that Kai, uh, the baton. The, the bait? No, the bait. The, the baton. Anyway, picking up the baton. I should have just picked another Mac app. This is way too complicated. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, my pick this week is a little app called Max Planes. Um, 
It's called Max Planes because the developer's name is Max. Creative. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's a little Mac app, which is a plane finding app um, yeah. that, that runs natively on your Mac. But it's not quite... It's not quite like most plane finding apps that you might be able to find download on the app store or anything like that because it doesn't uh, link itself up to a, a database of sorts to get this plane data. It actually relies on you uh, having your own receiver. Um, so, that's kind of cool because, you know, you don't need internet and it's more accurate than anything you're going to find on a uh, plane finding website as well because there's always going to be that more of a delay if that data is going bouncing to someone else's servers and then back to you um so if you're at all interested in planes or plane spotting a little bit like i am sometimes um this is a pretty cool app and it's been out for a few months i think um i'd been meaning to buy one of the receivers for it for a while because that was sort of like the reason i couldn't use it until now um but then i went uh plane spotting with some friends last weekend and not all of the planes were showing on the app, which is normal, but there seemed to be more missing than usual. And I was like, well, if we had the Max Planes app and we had a receiver, we wouldn't have this problem because it's not doing any of that filtering and things like that that um, mm-hmm. those plane websites might be doing. So anyway, I ordered a receiver. Um, it came. It's just a digital TV um, receiver thing. So it's like a pretty standard product uh you get a usb one does it have like a super long is it the type that have like a super long antenna it's not super long it's probably about a meter um so it's like a usb dongle which um you plug into your mac and then you plug in a cable which yeah i think it's about a meter long um which is connected to an antenna which is probably 12 to 15 centimeters tall just ballparking there um so it's a a link to the receiver i'm just curious how it looks like yeah, sure. I'll send you a photo of my setup here. I've got it plugged into my Mac right now. Because you're watching planes? I wanted to be able to answer any questions that might arise during <laughs> this segment. Um, yeah. See? And and we did ask questions. Well prepared. Yes. It's good. Oh, that's it. It's so small. I imagine it being more like a, uh, like a radio, like a handheld radio sort of thing. Like a walkie-talkie thing. Yeah, it's tiny. So you could throw it in a backpack and transport it somewhere. Huh. So what is like how how much of a delay do you have bet- like between well, the actual position and and what you're getting? Uh it should in theory be instant, right? It's picking up it's a radio wave. Hmm. So how frequent are the updates that you're seeing in the app? Uh constantly if the plane is within range. So at the moment I am downstairs and the signal isn't particularly great. If I am upstairs uh near a window, then I it's constantly picking up and getting data from planes. Uh same goes if I'm outside. What if you're in like a heavy trafficated area? Would you see all of them? All the planes above you? In theory, yes. If you're if you if it's able to pick up the signal. Oh, that feels like it's gonna be really Okay. And what happens as soon as they go out of range? Do they then approximate their location or? No, so it goes off the map and it remains in the um, the list of planes. Mm-hmm. So you've got the, okay. the app is sort of split into two. On the left, you've got the data in like a raw table format. And on the right, you've got a map. If it's currently, if the receiver is currently picking up 
a signal and I don't know what the how many seconds it is until it will drop off the map, but it's, it must only be a few seconds. Um, so if there's any planes that it's currently tracking, they'll appear on the map in their location. Um, and then if you look at the left, it will keep the plane there, but there's a last updated column, which gives the time in like an hour, sorry, in a um, hour, minute, seconds format of how long since uh, this plane's location was last known, along with its GPS coordinates, its altitude, speed, um, things like that, the direction it was facing, as well as the flight number, which really is probably the most useful um, because it's always nice to know what airline it is. It, it looks, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's bit of yeah like it's a bit of fun um not the most essential app that ever existed but it's really cool um i'm enjoying playing around with it um sort of looking at ways of being able to feed this data back to sort of like global exchanges which take care of this as well as oh, some of the cool. apps um it's like the yeah. websites like plane finder uh, i mean i'm not going to have it plugged in a huge amount of the time but even if i could transmit that data for a few hours a week hopefully it would help out um mm. so yeah it's pretty cool and um, I'm sort of excited to try it out near the airport soon enough um, mm. to just see. Because, I mean, there's planes here, but it's not picking up everything. If you're at the airport, would you receive it for planes that are standing on the ground too? Or did they... I don't know. They It should if they're transmitting, yeah. So if they're turned on, basically, they would transmit? No, you can turn a transmitter on and off. Okay. Yeah, like, generally, I know using apps like Plane Finder, generally once the plane has left the gate, it's transmitting mm-hmm. to this and it's being picked up by these receivers uh, and then it's visible on the app. So it's generally the ones that are sitting at the gate aren't um, transmitting. And once they've landed, uh, usually within a minute or so, the the signals are turned off. So you don't get data once they've mm. landed safely. Um, so yeah, but I don't know. It's a cool, cool little hobby thing. And mm. I have been enjoying using Max Planes to look at uh, plane data and locations. Um, and you can sort of, you can record sessions. So it's got its own, um, uh, what is it? It's a plane log file that it can save out to. And then if you open the mm. plane log, um, Max Plane is able to sort of replay that session back to you. So if you, I don't know, recorded a session of a plane taking off, you could then watch that again. Um, so it's pretty cool. And like I said, a bit of fun. Um, the app is free for seven days yeah, and that. then 15 Australian dollars after that as a one-off purchase so fairly reasonable should try it while being on the plane that would work yeah mm. <laughs> i don't think they would like it if you plugged <laughs> no, um, I an antenna into your laptop <laughs> on a plane it might get a little bit sus uh, yeah but just try on your flight to the us i think those are probably the most chill people i, I really want to <laughs> land <laughs> oh, you will land just a bit earlier than expected. Back in Sydney. <laughs> Turn a plane yeah, around, no. but you can track it as it turns around. So that's exciting. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah. Cool. So Max Planes by Max Technology Labs, uh, who also has other apps like Max Inspect and Max Photocopy Finder. Hmm. Yep. And hmm. Max Friends, I think. All his, all his apps have his hmm. name in them. It's a good name mm. for apps. Like, yeah, you know, out of all the names, it's fitting. I still think Maximum Planes would have been cooler, but yeah, I think Apple Apple would work too. Yeah. Apple Planes. Apple Planes. Yeah. I also wanted to mention uh, being there again, but I forgot about it again. Do you want to mention it now, Kai? Everyone knows that the most crucial part and. Uh, you know, all podcasts has most listens in the very end of the podcast. Mm. So, 
This is a perfect spot. Should put a 30 second break in between two to really hide it. Yeah. That's um, a great idea. No, there, there, one thing I want to say, uh, thank you for all the people that, uh, Gave a lot of feedback. Uh, there was a lot more feedback than I expected. And that was really good. After uh, um, uh, putting the link and, and briefly mention it, I think, two episodes ago. Um, so that was really good. Uh, I think there were a couple of bugs that have been fixed as a result and and other minor improvements uh, that, I, that I've done as a response to that feedback. So that was really good. Um, so I would like to put... Um, now I'm kind of going into a more public beta so i think uh tomorrow i will um have like a proper so that's tomorrow from our recording not from the release of this episode um but on saturday i will actually share the share the beta with a few more people and put it on twitter and those kind of things uh but i'll also put a link into this uh um into the show notes so if anyone is interested in coffee beverages and likes to drink them in places like coffee places um <laughs> and or likes potentially to rate them or read rating yeah uh, mm. and find a good one or if you just uh like zach and you like working from coffee places but you don't know which one to go to um i i can i i would, I would be happy if you try uh, been there to to find coffee places around you or if you have a good one and it's not in there to add it to being there and tell other people about it mm. um so we can have like a nice nice collection of the best coffee places uh kind of in where... the world yep yeah and making making that um easier to 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 find i i kind of like uh to to um have my day like my day breaks are often uh, around coffee places and going to coffee places and i also like going to new coffee places and we're now in vancouver we have enough testers that i can often f- uh, use other people's submissions as a as a place to to um can influence where i want to go and that's quite nice and satisfying so uh hope it provides that kind of value for other people as well mm. no i really like it and i feel like it's really Getting, getting, um, what do you call it? Like it's, it's really progressing really well, as uh, and, and and it's always super exciting to see what you've done in the new newer updates of the app. So I think, uh, I think it's really nice and it's super useful too. Uh, I tend to, I'm not super good at remembering the name of the place I'm going to. Uh, like we do tend to test a lot of different coffee shops, uh, and yeah, just go to different coffee shops, and it's nice to just be able to see which one you liked and which one you might not like as much and um yeah then you can sort of decide where you want to go next mm. and yeah if you just want if you're just new to a city like if you're traveling to vancouver and you want to see where to go for coffee um this is a great app or sydney or melbourne or, or the uk uh, london or there, there are quite a lot germany. of places around now yeah um but if they're your your favorite one is missing just add it um so other people find it because i think in general um specialty coffee used to be a very small thing and now Usually, most cities have a lot of specialty coffee places, um, but it's also making it harder for for new ones or smaller ones or less known ones to to be found. It's also harder to filter out because, like coffee, is there's more of a coffee culture in general. So even if you have more of the um, specialty coffee places, you will also have a lot of a lot more Starbucks and a lot more other places that are not necessarily as great and they're not as um special i think i i personally like to support local businesses that are smaller and that really appreciate your um appreciate your business so 
If you want to find those specific ones and be able to promote those specific coffee shops, I think this is a really good app for that. Rather than using something like Google, Apple Maps or Yelp, I think it's often hard to find specialty coffee shops in those apps. Mm. And mm. the the best way of of keeping and and even uh, advancing the sustainability of specialty coffee shops, I think, is to grow the market. And uh, a good way or the best way f that I could think of for now to grow that market is to make it easier to find good coffee places yeah sorry i didn't mean to um, weigh in too much on your on no. your uh, promotion here no 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 no. all good all good i'm a user of the app and i really enjoy using it so i mm. uh, just want to say that i think other people would really benefit from it mm. um, and in general uh people that drink coffee should if they can uh drink better coffee Uh, I think um, a lot of people don't uh, haven't experienced good coffee, so they might not know what they're missing out. I mean, I've also seen people that don't like specialty coffee, and that's fine too. But at least uh, I think people should give it a shot and see if they if they like it. And if you don't know where to go, have a look at being there. Maybe you find a good place close to you. <laughs>